This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's the panel part of the program here every weekday afternoon on the Oakley Show at this time. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in studio, Kevin Gadette, president of Brightpoint Strategy and formerly with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Good afternoon to you, Kevin. Hello, Johnny. Alyssa Freeman's with us, PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? Just fine, Johnny. And yourself? Likewise, and thanks for coming in. Rocco Rossi, rounding out the panel, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. How's Rocco? Was that a fat joke, rounding out the panel? No, it wasn't, (laughs) but if you took it that way, it tells me you've got great insecurities. Uh, Thanks for sharing them with us. Rocco, I'm going to ask you the first question because I'm kind of curious. We were talking about this in the last hour. You, as the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, uh, representing business interests, like 60,000 members, as I understand it, I want to dial it into this whole SNC-Lavalin thing because in Quebec, there's a different point of view being uh, shared there. It's almost a consensus. The premier, the former premier, uh, all of the punditry, you know, and la presse and uh, whatever, uh, Journal de Montréal, they're all saying this is too important a company to Quebec. I mean, symbolically, um, maybe numerically too, they talk about 50,000 jobs, not all of them, you know, vested in Quebec. And uh, what it all says, so I'm curious if it's that important to the Canadian economy, uh, should it be subjected to criminal sanctions? I get it. It's a murky world when you're dealing internationally in Libya, Saudi Arabia. They've got connections there. The pipeline issue, you know, here domestically has surfaced with their tentacle stretching. Uh, as far as that, they were in part builders of the 407. So from a business person's perspective, how do you see it? Well, full disclosure, SNC-Lavalin is a member of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce because they actually have more employees outside of Quebec than inside uh, Quebec in BC, Ontario, and elsewhere. Uh, That said, one of the most important things about Canada from a business uh, investment standpoint is defending the rule of law. Uh, one of the reasons that we are an attractive place uh, to invest is that we follow the rule of law. And people who participate in criminal activity uh, should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. That said, uh, the question of um, deferred prosecution agreements is something that is also used around the world to reflect the fact that while there may be evildoers who should absolutely be punished, should you along the way also then punish thousands of innocent employees, suppliers, customers, etc. Consider your family if a husband, a brother, a son, a daughter um, participated in some criminal act. And maybe the family actually benefited because that person stole something and, you know, paid for a great party uh, for the family. Mm. That individual, for sure, should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But you then don't go after the family beyond taking back any sort of ill-gotten gains that uh, are, are hanging around because there was no criminal intent All right, so what you're saying part. is there's overreach by the prosecutor in this case that impacts more people than that are, that are immediately implicated, potentially. I'm saying that there is an option right. uh, to look at that to reflect the fact that you have thousands of innocent people 
who could be affected by a decision. Right, and this option was actually brought into the 2018 budget bill by the Liberals, and they were in anticipation of, I guess, this whole thing blowing up. Uh, They'd even put this in motion well before that. So what you're saying is it's an option worth considering and therefore ought to be. uh, Now... I guess there's the other uh, question of whether or not this was the whole Jody Wilson-Raybould. Was she pressured to take that? Whether it was even within her purview to do so, because the public prosecutor really had final call on this. Let me just pivot over to Kevin. and Your thoughts on that matter, Rocco, saying uh, expressly, there's a lot in play here, and you can't penalize, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Is he right about that? Well, I think uh, deferred prosecution agreements, DPAs, are are complicated for the reasons Rocco mentions, and and. There's the question of illegality versus propriety of, as you point out at the very beginning, whether or not you're doing business in China, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, whatever other weird country with with different rules and customs. Um, having said that, though, the case in question with respect to the SNC-Lavalley in Canada, uh, this is a company that was caught giving illegally over $100,000 in donations to the Liberal Party of Canada, and then they lobbied like crazy to have the DPA put into the budget bill. It is the the only company to which this is currently being applied um, or for consideration. And then we have the issue of the, the, the pressure on Judy Wilson-Raybould. So there's, there is a murky aspect to uh, what this government was doing under legal, legal, I mean, a bunch of the pressure, the SNC, it's okay for companies to lobby. I'm a lobbyist, you know, I, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they do. I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite curious to hear what the Conservatives would say, uh, not that they're the most important issue here, but Andrew Shear is getting grief for not having said what he would do regarding a DPA request, because he was lobbied on this, and I wish for his sake he would he would be clear, because that would actually, I think, put more pressure on the Liberals to give us a darn answer, because they're, they're, they're ducking and hiding, they're under the covers on this. Well, all right, and that's the interesting thing, when you duck and you cover, and you, uh, it looks like, obfuscate, or you're not... Being transparent, as you said you were going to be, it's a new form of governance in 2015. That was the promise. And so to Alyssa, you know, I mean, uh, with all of that, that dovetails with the idea that, you know, you have this indigenous woman and basically, you know, (laughs) Trudeau betrayed some of his core hallmark principles, you know, looking after indigenous people and uh, remediating things with them, as well as being a feminist, throws her under the bus. That's all well accepted now, uh, is this damaging his brand irreparably, do you believe, the liberal brand or his personal brand? Well, it's interesting that you should ask that, John, because some people say that it is now the Trudeau brand, the Trudeau brand has superseded the liberal brand. So when sometimes people can look at a leader and they can look at a party and they can have two distinct uh, ideas about each. But in this case, this has become very, very intertwined. And it, it's it's also the way that they put him up for election. It's also the, the reason that people voted for him. They voted for Trudeau versus Harper at the time, but they voted for him because he, he represented transparency, feminism, and supported Indigenous rights. So it, it's not so much that, that it's going to damage the Liberal brand because it's all about Trudeau right now. And he's so intrinsically tied into this that you can't really see the difference at this point. And that's the most dangerous thing of all, quite honestly. And, you know, how the, you know, what a week this has been for them. 
to begin with. You know, they started off with one set of messages, and then that all got turned on its head and became a whole other set of messages. And it's come to the point where, you know, they just might want to be quiet. I know that other people are going to fill that news vacuum and fill that news pipeline with all sorts of conjecture, but right now, every time they open up their mouths, it just digs them deeper and deeper into the ground. And I think that what they really need to wait for is that at some point, Rabel Wilson is going to speak, and they have to hear what she has to say in order to be able to appropriately respond to it. So well, I think she's already spoken volumes. I mean, well, she by not say, by not speaking at all, but by that, but but well, because and then of resigning that, because you know when Justin's talking about, well, you know, she's still in cabinet, and then she suddenly <laughs> wasn't in cabinet. She decided to leave. It was almost like, oh, is that the way you interpret things? Well, then here, let me just emphasize that I'm not on the same page as you. Well, and, and yesterday or two days ago or whatever, last week they were adamant that the Justice Committee would not call her to speak at committee. And then today, right. the committee chair, without consultation of the committee, states publicly on Twitter that she's being invited to speak at the committee. Right. What a massive flip-flop, which right. who knows what that indicates, well, whether or not it indicates she's back. Compounding all or, of this, like, you know, it's funny because I guess, you know, you got your policy wonks living up there in the bubble in Ottawa. And uh, most Canadians maybe don't appreciate that, don't have the time to really drill into things. But we were talking to uh, Daryl Bricker with Ipsos and a poll he conducted over the weekend uh, for Global News. This was before Gerald Butts resigned, and it showed Trudeau's personal likability or uh, favorability is down significantly, like nine points. Uh, It's lower, actually, than it was following his trip to India. So it's hurting because I think Canadians just take a snapshot of things and go, well, look at this Butts guy, Uh, many of whom probably hadn't heard of the guy before. We all know, you know, he's uh, kind of Geppetto to Pinocchio here. Uh, It was one of those cases where uh, it's just the sense you have in the zeitgeist that they're screwing up big time. And this poll was taken before the Butts Butts, news. So so that's... You know, and, and if if the resignation was intended to be something to put a a stop to um, the decline, it certainly doesn't look that well, way. Well, no, what it does is it just reinforces the idea that there's something amiss here. Why would a guy resign unless there's, you know, <laughs> and that's the way I'm saying the rank-and-file Canadian would interpret things. Right, there's a sniff test that people right. take, and, and they may not know the minutiae of policy, but they have a sense of of right and wrong and have a sense of of comfort with people or not. And, but that's the issue, too. I mean, when we talk about her silence speaking volumes, the problem is, is that the Liberals have felt the need to fill the vacuum. And they, they, they flip up on their messages from day to day. So one, one day they tell us one thing and the next day they tell us the other thing. And that's what Canadians understand. They understand that they don't understand what's going on and that they are... Uh, purposely be trying to be misled. And that's just a, that's just the very top line of it because, the, you know, we know that this uh, whole situation is very murky. You know, you start t- peeling off the layers of the onion and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But what they know is this. They know that they're being misled. They know that somebody is not talking. And they, and they also know that somebody else is trying to sway us away from the truth. That's what they know. And that's the most dangerous thing of all. Well, I noticed, Kevin, uh, that you're probably uh, forlorn and downcast knowing Gerald Butts has left the scene. And so, I'm being facetious. You can approve. Are you? Oh, <laughs> yes. I didn't detect that skepticism. You know, it, it, 
he played a very interesting role. Seldom, if ever, has there been a prime minister who has had such a personal, strong, long-standing relationship with their key personal advisor like this. They were, they were friends for 25 years, very tight, intimate friends for 25 years. And he was such a strong, vociferous defender of the prime minister was Butts in, in the media. In fact, anybody who would criticize this government, Butts would go after them publicly, oh, yeah. angrily, mm. calling them Nazis. And I mean, his approach, you know, any number of things, you know, we can compliment his bulldog approach, I guess. But he was a mean and nasty character on the Internet. If you crossed the PM or were seen to be criticizing those people... He was a nasty character going after folks. And that vengefulness is probably what led them to say, okay, you don't want to play play ball with us, Minister? We're just going to demote you to Veterans Affairs. And that because perhaps allegedly she, well, went, she went... Let's see. I, I understand let's that. See. But, but I mean, you that... know what? That's old boy, old boy politics. And you don't want to play in the sandbox. We're going to kick you out of the sandbox. And that vengefulness that you have just mentioned, Kevin, I think that is something that we're going to learn more about. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, <laughs> we can't substantiate it, but it sounds like a great theory, so let's just ride with that one for a while. Uh, on that point, we'll take a time. You'll see. Out. Well, you know, uh, will this cost them the next election? It's still an eternity away. It's next October. Is this the kind of stuff which, uh, you know, you're kneecapped irreparably? We'll come back and put it to our panel. Kevin Gaudet, Alyssa Freeman, Rocco Rossi on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. As a member of parliament, my ethical and professional responsibilities as a lawyer are layered and incredibly complicated. There was a time when men could tell women, shh, honey, Nothing to see here, I'll speak for you. It never was about the middle class and wanting to join. It never was about reconciliation. This Prime Minister treats the truth like his socks. He's got a different version for every day of the week. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.